Do you want to be inspired by other brilliant business owners? Find out how and why they set their brilliant businesses up. Discover some of the triumphs and struggles they face along the way. If so, then you are in the right place. Welcome to the Brilliant Businesses Podcast. We interview business owners to find out their story and journey as to how they set their businesses up. We believe that story is an important way of making their businesses shine, and we share those stories on this podcast. Keep building those brilliant businesses. Good afternoon. Good, no, no, it's not good afternoon, is it? It's good morning. They won't, they won't know on the podcast. <laughs> Sometimes we do the outtakes and they look pretty good. <laughs> so good morning, everyone. Welcome to a Brilliant Businesses podcast. My name is Nick Bryant, and um, I'm joined today by Darren Austin from Synergy, who are our chartered accountants and business advisors. Good morning, Nick. Good to be here. <laughs> you nearly said that. I nearly did it. Well. <laughs> um, so Darren's business is obviously an accountant. Um, there's plenty of accountants out there, as we all know, but um, Darren's is a bit different. Obviously, he offers different services to others, but tell us what makes you different, Darren, and what you sort of concentrate on within your accountancy practice. Yeah, sure. Um, I think it breaks down into two key areas, compliance and consulting. So compliance, let's start with that. That's the things that you need to have done to stay legally compliant. So you have no choice in the matter. Yeah. So it, if you're a property investor, if you own one property, you need to keep accounting records and you need to report that on your personal tax return each year in order to stay compliant. Yeah. If you happen to form a limited company, then that's slightly different. You need a statutory set of accounts. You need to submit a copy of those with a company tax return off to HMRC once a year. You need to file a cut-down version with Companies House. You need to complete an annual confirmation statement. Um, and you still need your personal tax return, typically, if you're a director of a company. Yeah. So depending on how you choose to trade, whether it's just purely investing in a property, trading as a sole trader, perhaps forming a company or a partnership, each of those has a slightly different level of activities you need to do um, to stay on the right side of HMRC and Companies House. Okay. Um, and we advise clients on what they need, and then we provide support in achieving that for them. Yeah. So, so that's the sort of compliance side of things. You just, would you say that sort of belt and braces stuff? That a- Absolutely. Okay. Without doubt, that probably forms 70 80% of what we provide, because yeah. the vast majority of our clients um, – They've, they've formed a company or they're trading as a sole trader and they need to keep on track. So, okay. so we help them do that. Okay. And then, of course, the other side of that is um, consulting with them about other things that they may be thinking that are a bit different to others. Yeah. Well, well, consulting tends to be the one-off type engagements. Now, that could be anything from, should I be a limited company? That's, yeah. that's been a big question over the years. Um, for years, sole traders, once they've reached a certain profit, have decided, well, actually, if I incorporate and form a limited company, is that going to be beneficial for me? Um, and we can look at that exercise for them and give them an answer. And that, that would be consulting. So it's anything from what vehicle should I trade through, a little bit of tax planning. Yeah. Um, just coming back to the incorporation, yeah. quite often someone will say to me, a sole trade business, Business is growing. I want to. I want to form a limited company. Yeah. Um, now there can be purely tax benefits to that, although that has changed quite a bit. There's now additional tax on dividends. Corporation tax is going up to twenty five percent from first April, of April. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, from April twenty three. Yeah. Only on profits above fifty thousand. Okay. But that still can make a, a difference to your 
tax planning. Yeah. Uh, and also, I think there's, there's quite a major difference between operating as a sole trader where you need a, a set of accounts that doesn't become public and doesn't follow a statutory format, but one tax return to forming a limited company where you've got statutory accounts, company tax returns, mm. etc. So you've got to take the additional costs of compliance into account when you're making those decisions. Yeah. Uh, but other sort of things we'll get involved in in tax planning is making sure no one wants to pay more, well, no one wants to pay tax. Yeah. Certainly no one wants to pay more tax than they need to. Mm. So depending on what it is you're planning, uh, it makes sense to take some advice up front um, to make sure you're doing it in the right way. So, for example, something we did a little while ago was a construction company. They were going to buy a commercial property um, and they wanted to convert that into part commercial, part residential. One of the issues involved in that was they had to pay VAT on the purchase of the commercial element of the building. Okay. Um, and it was quite a reasonable chunk and probably would have wiped out their profits. All right. Um, we helped them by creating a structure where they had a holding company and they purchased the property in a subsidiary company. And then after they developed their residential side of it, they sold it up to the holding company and that allowed them to recover the original VAT on the purchase. Right. Um, so it always has some ups and downs, but that one overall we looked at and yeah. said, this is the way to do it. Yeah. And cost them a little bit of corporation tax, but saved them about 40 or 50,000 pounds in VAT. Yeah. So that made the difference between a profit and loss. Okay. So it always makes it, as with any planning, it makes sense to do it before you do the transaction. Definitely. Rather than come afterwards and say, oh, look, I've done this. What can I do? Well, possibly nothing now because you've done the transaction. You've bought it in that property. You've bought it in that vehicle. Yeah. Or whatever it happens to be. So consulting's just for those not everyday issues where you need some advice. So mm. tax planning, all those sort of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, bear with me on this, but I think when people go down the pub and they talk, you know, they get businessmen on a Friday night, they're traders or they're business owners, and they go down the pub and they're talking with their other mates and their business owners. I think when they talk about their accountants, the, um, the thing they like to say is, my accountant saved me so much money this year. You know, it was due to come in and, and I haven't got to pay anything or I've only got this little amount. I think that's what, it's important to trades people and business people. It's not so important about how fancy their accounts look. It's more a case of they've saved me a lot of money. Would, yeah. you, would you agree with me? A- absolutely. There's more a- to it than that, of course. Yeah. But- well, the, the job of any accountant is to make sure you're paying the legal correct minimum amount of tax yes. without any bells and whistles that mm-hmm. are going to be attacked. Where you've just got to be careful. Now, some of that advice you hear from your mate down the pub might be absolutely spot on. Yes. And it's worth doing. Mm. But some of it, may not and will get you in trouble. <laughs> yeah. and, and one of the big considerations with our tax system, which is self-assessment, is the revenue don't approve your accounts. When you prepare your accounts and you submit them to HMRC, whether that's a sole trade that just goes in on your personal tax return, that is processed. Yeah. And then it confirms your liability based on what you've told them. That doesn't mean HMRC have looked at your numbers and said, we are happy, we agree those. They've just been processed. They've just ticked it and said yes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And then they've got up to a year from the date those accounts were filed to raise an inquiry. Mm. That inquiry period is extended if there's something that's not immediately obvious from the accounts and they make a, can make a disclosure assessment. Yeah. So if someone down the pub says... My account, well, yeah, my account had told me this and I can claim that and it was accepted. It might have been, but it might actually just mean no one spotted it. Right. So I think you've just got to be careful on some of those to say, well, actually, there is some truth in that. Or no, you can't do that because, you you know, you're going to get an inquiry at some stage and you're going to end up paying it back with penalties with interest. Yeah. Um, And you just 
got to be a, you know, a bit more careful. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, that's that's whole point of compliance, isn't it? Making sure that it's all done correctly. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd love yeah. to tell everyone they don't have to pay any tax, but unfortunately, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. You get struck off or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then, going back to the consultancy side of things, um, that can that again, that can be a wide range of, th- of things. Like you could be a, um, a an outsourced finance director or or any of those things. Um, tell us a bit more about con- con- consulting and what it means. Yeah, so it's 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 the bits I mentioned earlier about mm. it could be those one-off tax questions or those structuring. Mm. Um, it can also be uh, for a number of our clients, um, we provide you know we, we help them with their management information, so yep. they've got decent up-to-date management information. But some of them will want a little more than that. They'll want to know, actually, I don't want to just know where I am now, what's making my profits, although that's absolutely vital. Having up-to-date, accurate management information, uh, yeah. I think, is the most important thing for any business. Mm. Because if you haven't got that, you can't even consider planning because you don't know where you are now. Mm. Mm. So so we help uh, a number of clients. We've got a lot of clients that use cloud software, yep. mainly QuickBooks is our favorite, but there's lots out there, yeah. where we'll... Um, as part of the subscription service, we'll dip in once a month and do a quick high level review. Mm-hmm. Do the numbers look right? Does anything stand out that we need to let the client know? Or, you know, were you aware that you've got a debt that's over 90 days? You need to check on that. Yeah. And at the end of that review, we pop an email to the client saying, we've reviewed it, all looks okay, or these are the bits you've got to consider. Yeah. And that helps the, the client know that when they're looking at their management information, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's reasonably uh, robust and they know they can make decisions. Okay. What we can also do as more of the sort of outsourced FD role is we can help them build a set of forecasts of well, where do you want your business to be next month, next year. I mean, you can do that up to five years, but obviously yeah. the further out you go, yeah. the more difficult it is. Uh, and then as part of the service, we can meet with them regularly to compare what they've got from the management information, what they where they expected to be at that date based on the forecast, what's worked, what hasn't worked. Mm what can we do to make that better if it needs it and then feed that back into the forecast and set a new a new set of goals to, yeah. to look towards. So it's that sort of constant feedback. Loop. Sort of holding the hand all the way through it and um, yeah. looking after them. Yeah, that, that's yeah. the bit where we have got our sort of a, a hook line, which is sat-nav for your business. Of course, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so that's the bit about acting as that sat-nav. So constantly looking at where am I now, mm. where did I plan to be, what's worked, what hasn't worked. Let's recalculate that route yeah. uh, and keep on going. Yeah. You mentioned QuickBooks earlier, um, and um, obviously making touch digital is something right upon us. Um, tell us what that means. What's it all about? Okay, so making tax digital uh, in general is HMRC's um, aim to make everyone keep better records by keeping them digitally. Mm. That, that's certainly their stated aim. It's been in for VAT for a long time, so actually anyone now, because it came in for every company from returns after first of April this year. Yeah. Um, Everyone's got to submit digitally and quarterly. That wasn't so bad for VAT because everyone was submitting quarterly and, and used to going online for quite a long time. Yeah. The big change is coming from April 24. Um, sole traders, so unincorporated businesses and landlords. Yeah. If you've got gross income, so not your profit, so if you've got turnover or rental income, even if that's combined, yeah. £10,000 or above, from 6th of April 24, you need to keep your records digitally. So that could be QuickBooks, Zero, Sage One, whatever it happens to be. It could be a spreadsheet in theory. Okay. But then you've got to report quarterly. Right. Um, and you've got to report your, it's probably only going to be three line accounts, income, expenses, profit. Yeah. You've got to report that within 30 days of each quarter end. 
Right. And unlike VAT, which are staggered quarters, so different businesses submit different ones, mm. it's going to be 31 March, June, September, December. Okay. So the amount of work that's going to mm. generate is going to be quite colossal. Mm. Um, and also, the idea behind this is keeping better records, making it easier for people to keep up to date. But if we take the example currently of, say, someone that operates as a sole trade and he's got a rental property. Yeah. Yes, he's got to keep his accounting records, but in, retur- in, in terms of reporting to HMRC, it's one tax return that's got to be sent in by 31 January after his year end. Yeah. And that has his sole trader section and his rental section. Yeah. From April 24, you're going to have to submit quarterly, but for each individual business. Wow. So one quarterly return for the sole trade, one quarterly return for the rental business. So you multiply that by your four quarters. That's yeah. eight returns. Wow. You've then got, at, after those have been submitted, you get a chance, well, not a chance, you have to submit an end of period report that turns it into the, the taxable profit. So you might add back depreciation and entertain mm. all the things we would normally do mm. at the end of the year on your personal tax return. So that's one each for each business. And then you've got to do a, a final return, which is the, the equivalent of your tax return. So that might have your interest and other things on it. So instead of in that example, instead of one tax return a year, you've now got eleven. You've got eleven. So it's going to be a massive difference. So that's only sole traders. Um, not if you've got a limited company, you don't have to do it quarterly. Then it's still annually. Limited companies currently annually. Okay. They're talking about bringing that in. No fixed date yet. I think that's maybe twenty five or twenty six. I think they're waiting to see how the the, the MTD. It's MTD. It's a making tax digital income tax self assessment. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the main thing that is going it, that that's an issue at the moment is there's just not enough information about mm. exactly how it's going to work. Right. Um, yeah, which is difficult. I think the last time I looked, there are only four software packages that have so far been approved to submit. Really? Um, QuickBooks isn't one of them as yet. I mean, they're spending a lot of money on it, as are all of them. Yeah. And I think part of the big problem is no one quite knows what the parameters are. Yeah, right. Zero, uh, I think, is approved for sole trades but not rental properties. Okay. Um, so they're still working on it. Um, so, so there's there's a lot of work to go. Mm, um, there's mm. a lot of uh, there's a lot of call from industry to say, drop it, push it back. Yeah. This is going to be an absolute disaster. We're not ready for this. Uh, well, I think I think neither the industry and even more HMRC the, the, as well. The, the, well, HMRC and, and, and the, the the taxpayers. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, if you're currently a pensioner that's got a rental property or two, yep. the chances are you keep details of your um, you know, your rent statements that you get from your managing agent and yeah. you, you push that over to your accountant in November or December yeah. and it does your tax return for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. now you've got to keep digital records and submit 30 days after each quarter end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be a, a massive change to mm. quite a lot of people. Mm. So the jury's out on where that one's going. <laughs> I tell you, and the cost involved as well, you know, for... Well, the, I mean, you guys, you're gonna, you, you know, it's more work. Well, it, it's more work for us in supporting clients. Mm. Um, it's going to be more work for the clients. Yep. Um, they're going to have to get some form of digital software. Uh, and mm. I think even if that's really entry level, it's still got to be five or 10 quid a month. Of course. I would have thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So it would be interesting to see where that goes. It will, won't it? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, there are lots, and I've got no idea, but I, I know, that, you know, there are lots of challenger banks and apps, you know, Revolut and Starling, mm. where you can classify your income and expenses on something like that. Right. Whether or not that will merge and, and fit in with something that will then be able to report it to HMRC rather than getting separate software like Xero, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But that's a possibility. Yeah. 
But I think there's yes, just just still too many unknowns about what's going on. Wow. With that. Right. Okay. Well, I can watch this space with that. I think and um, see what happens. Um, but I guess if, if yeah, I, I, I see that as a headache. And uh, I, but I'm sure it will all come to and and it's all it must be for a good reason, right? Well, uh, I think that the reasons that HMRC want to do it is number one, they want everybody to keep digital and more accurate records, which yeah. I understand. Tick. I mean, I, I'm totally for uh, that. Yeah. But also horses for courses. If you've got one rental property that's giving you thousand or fifteen hundred pounds a month. Mm. What sort of records do you really need to know where you are? All you need is your bank statement True. to know the fifteen hundred quid yeah. coming each month. Yeah. So having to keep and record report quarterly, mm. I don't see that adding a, a massive amount to that. But I understand. I think from HMRC's point of view, I don't know how they're going to use it yet, mm. but I think they like the idea of having financial information thirty days after each quarter than potentially ten months after the year end. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's that's quite a big change. Yeah. Um, and also something else that is going, to, is going to fall off the back of that. Sole traders at the moment can make up their accounts to any date they like in the year. Yeah. Um, and then whatever their, whenever their year end finishes, I'm going to get – sorry, I'm, I'm probably going to put all the hell out of everybody now. <laughs> personal tax returns are always to 5th of April. Yes. That's your personal tax year. If you're a sole trader and you do your, your tax return to 30 – your accounts to 30 June, yeah. 30 June 2022 – falls onto your tax return 5th of April 2023. So okay. there's quite a big lag there as well. Mm. Well, that's not going to work with real-time reporting. So HMRC have now decreed that everybody's going to have to make up their accounts to 31 March or 5th of April. Right, okay. Um, and But that means that someone's made, that's got, say, a, a 30 September year end now, they're going to have to do an 18-month period yeah. in, or, in order to get their new year to get it in line. Yeah. Mm. So they're going to have in 23-24 – they're going to have, in that example, 18 months' worth of profits taxed. Um, now, there, there's something called overlap relief that might help them, mm. but if you've got a business that's steadily growing and has been around for years, you're going to end up with a significantly larger profit potentially in 23, 24 mm. than anything previously. And therefore, more tax. More tax. Mm. There's going to be the ability to spread it over five years, mm. um, but that's still just one more headache that's going to fall out of this, and you've either got to change your accounting year-end or prorate each year and take nine months out of there and three months out of there and stitch it together. Yeah. Because otherwise this real-time reporting where HMRC want to understand potentially what profit they're getting and what tax is going to generate mm. won't work if you've got a completely different year end that doesn't fit in with those quarters. Wow. So, yeah, lots of changes mm. that are, are going to be interesting over the the next few months this is where the consultancy um, bit comes in with the planning and you can help people plan for this because you know a lot of people will not know any of this um and um but you've got to be ready oh absolutely mm. and we've got some clients that have got um june or july year ends so they're going to end up with a significantly longer accounting period yeah and as it happens some of them at the moment are doing really well mm. so we've got to look at that and worst case scenario at least warn them that mm. actually next year your profit's not going to be for example, it might normally be 100. It could be 160% of that because yeah. of what's happening. But also, is there anything we can do to mitigate that? Is this now the time to incorporate and stop your sole trade before okay. you've got all that period mm. and start trading through a company? Now, there are other considerations around that, yeah. but that's certainly something that feeds into the mix now about should I be a limited company mm. because it takes away some of that issue. Yeah, right. 
Wow. Okay. Well, there's a lot to cover there. Um, thank you, Darren. Thank you for sharing it all with us. <laughs> That's my pleasure. Um, if anyone needs any help with this, then obviously Darren's the man. All his details are on the Brilliant Businesses website and they will be underneath this podcast. Um, I think planning is a, is a really important part of this because it's going to hit us before we know it. And um, Darren's your man for that. So thank you for coming on the podcast, Darren. My pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. Good to see you again, mate. And um, we'll see you for another podcast soon. Thank I you. I look forward to that. Nick, take Thanks. care. Bye.